When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast on the Gold Standard Podcast Network. I'm Rob Stats Carrera. He's Levin Black. It's Thursday before the NFC Championship game. Levin, how are you feeling? Ready to go? Sick of waiting? Uh, I wouldn't say antsy yet. Antsy comes like the day of. The whole week prior is just kind of like, yeah, I'm going to consume it, but I'm kind of grumpy. I'm ready to get going. Why do we have to have a whole week off? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I'm horribly, I have agita. I'm anxious. I, I Every time I think about it. That is the, like your favorite word. You need to put that like on a sign behind you. It's my word, man. Um, Every time I think about the game, my hands get sweaty. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't get there. That comes the day of. Prior to that, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a defense mechanism for myself or what. It's like, I'm not going to let myself get all riled up before but once the day comes it's like okay now it's real now all those emotions start coming before that like i said it's just kind of general grumpiness of looking at the clock going why i just feel like i'm wasting my time right just your general assholery is what you're saying i'm an ass yes this is news to me Mm, yeah i bet all right uh there's multiple things we want to get to on today's show the biggest thing i want to get to is brock purdy Uh, brock purdy's press conferences are awesome he is so honest i love it i feel like he gives you such a window into what he's thinking and i hope it never changes and maybe it will but he said something yesterday that i want to share with everybody because it really really jumped out to me i loved fred warner's comments at the podium yesterday that i'll play for you because I, he said exactly what I was thinking. So nice to see we're on the same wavelength there. Um, and we'll take your questions and your comments as well. Let's start with Brock Purdy. Did you watch Brock Purdy's press conference yesterday? Uh, most of it, yeah. Kind of like bits and pieces. You know what I mean? Like I watch the highlights that get posted, which is pretty much every question. Waltony 101. Shout out to the Twitch audience. General Grumpiness is a decent nickname for Levin or Kevin. <laughs> What are you drinking, first off? Uh, Cran Raz. What do you think? I'm having a cocktail at 1.20 in the afternoon, Eastern time? I don't know. What do you think? I'm Michelle? I mean, come on. <laughs> um, okay. Why, Let, why do you drink cranberry? It's good for you. It's good for the system. It's tart as hell and doesn't taste good. Just yeah, I water it down a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> All right. Let's get to the Brock Purdy soundbite. 
Because we know how he played against Green Bay. He didn't look like he normally looks, and there's a good reason for it. Here's Brock explaining why. Early on, there were some decisions that I made that sort of made me feel a little tentative, you know, after. Um, you know, obviously that one that could have been intercepted. Um, and it's like, you know, go through your reads um, and take the checkdowns when, when the defense presents, presents itself the way it does. Um, and, you know, build off that rather than trying to search for the play and look for the big play. And, and then when it's not there, you know, not having confidence in our checkdowns and stuff. So that's something that, um, you know, I have to be better at. That's, how, that's what I needed to do uh, at the end of the game. I feel like we got to that point and, and I started doing that better and we were able to move the ball. So that's something that I learned for sure. Too long didn't read version 11. He got rattled. He was shook in the game. I thought it was pretty much what I said in the instant reacts. I felt like Green Bay took away the deep pass, knowing Brock is going to stubbornly keep looking for it and ignore the check down. You know, I, I, I mentioned to you that there were a lot of times I felt like Christian McCaffrey came out of the backfield and was open right away, could have gotten five-plus yards and maybe turned it into something big. You know, who knows after he gets the catch. But he, he was open, nobody was around him. And Brock just kept looking deep. And by the time he looked to the check down, the linebacker was crashing forward. So the moment McCaffrey caught the ball, which I think he had seven catches, he got tackled. He only had 30 yards on those seven catches if memory serves. Whereas if he just took what the defense gave him and not try to force things to happen, they would have been able to hit McCaffrey over and over and over again. And the benefit of that is not just that McCaffrey gets yards, but then the deep pass will get open because the defense will have to adjust. And I feel like he's got it backwards. He wants to hit the deep ball and just win right away. It's like if they're taking that away and that's what their objective is, hit the short things and the deep ball will come. Albert so Alberto Soto, excuse me, says, I don't know. His body language is telling me he's locked in and he's ready. I hope so. Um, that's everybody on the team this week. Everybody, I think, on this team, their press conferences have been, you can tell they're like, we're not doing this again. <laughs> we'll get to that uh, in a little bit, but I want to stay on the Purdy thing because oh, now I forgot what I was going to say. What did you just say? Oh, yes, yes. Now I remember. Sorry, you derailed me. I'm so glad I could help you. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> every quarterback, you know, they have their tendencies, right? And I think defenses are finally realizing with Brock, like, holy crap, he takes doubles over singles. Like he looks mm-hmm. deep to shallow. That's how he plays. And when you hit a bunch of deep plays like Brock has, defenses adjust they did the exact same thing to Patrick Mahomes when he first came in he was chucking it deep and they were like oh my god Mahomes threw 50 touchdowns now you look and Patrick Mahomes has one of the lowest average depths of target in the league because defenses have adjusted they're taking it away and they're making Mahomes and now I think in this case Brock have to go shorter and say let's see if this guy's willing to go shorter again and again and again or if he'll force some balls deeper down the field that he shouldn't and Brock did early on in that game do you think Brock will will have made the adjustment this week? I think he'll be quicker to adjust. If he sees, all right, Detroit is just selling out to take away the deep pass. I'm going to just hit you know, McCaffrey if Debo's there. I'm thinking Kyle will probably be more aware of that. We'll get in his head earlier saying, hey, they're playing to take away the deep ball. Get it to McCaffrey. I'm giving him this route. He's going to be open. You know, those type of things I think is what they'll do. They'll be quicker to do that. I feel like they did that some in the second half where they did have some shorter routes. It wasn't necessarily just to McCaffrey. They had some shorter routes for other players. And that is what I would hope they would do because that, look, the teams are going to take away what you do best. And what Brock does best is look deep and deliver an accurate deep ball as long as it's 40 yards or shorter. Like the 20 to 40 yard throw, Brock is as accurate as anybody in the league. And that's what he's proven this year with how much he's thrown it. The fact that he has the best completion percentage on deep passes in the league, which deep passes is 15 plus. Some people use 10 plus. Either way, he has the highest completion percentage. So to me, defenses have to take that away. And he has to be willing to adjust. And that will be the next step in his progression. And the message that I would, if I was Brian Greasy, what I would say to Brock is, I get why you want to take the deeper throws because you gain the yardage and you gain down the field and you, you know, put up points, but taking the checkdowns with this team, with the playmakers that you have is going to accomplish the same goal. 
Like you can check it down to McCaffrey or throw it short to Debo on a screen and he's going to gain nine, 10 yards because they're that damn good. So you're the end result will still be the same. So, you know, I think sometimes like Brock wants to make a play, but you can still get that result. You'll still gain those yards. You just gain them in a different way. And especially with this team, because they have so many playmakers, you know, it's funny. It's, it's in a way he has to play exactly the way everybody always thinks he plays and criticizes him for playing become a check down merchant. <laughs> right. He's got to do that until the defense adjusts. Yeah. Take what the defense gives you. That is that, that should be the number one objective. Every single quarterback has when they, when they go to play. I'm going to take what the defense gives me. That means you're not going to force it because when you force it, that's when bad things happen. And it doesn't matter if you're somebody that is trying to force the screen pass or you're trying to force it deep. Either way, you're going to get bad results. So the important part is just take what the defense gives you and don't try to force things. And I think that is a very common mistake that young quarterbacks make is that they don't take the defense uh based on what they're doing they just sit and go well i see this type of coverage that means this is definitely going to be open and then if the coverage changes or they got it wrong they're not quick enough to adjust wouldn't that be the most ironic thing after all this year right and everybody accusing brock of being a checkdown merchant when he's not actually a checkdown merchant and then they get to this game and he becomes one because that's what the defense gives him. And people are going to say, see, look what he did. He barely threw 10 yards down the field. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, that's that's what Nick Wright is mouthwatering for. Because, look, people like Nick Wright, they're going to say whatever they think gets the most engagement. They're engagement merchants, if you want to go that route. They don't, they're not saying stuff they truly believe all the time. They're going to root for whatever they think gets them the most engagement because that's how they're making their money. That's how they prove themselves to their employers, all of that. Well, what, what's going to get them the most engagement? Hey, this feel good story about Detroit making a Super Bowl finally. No, it's going to be Brock Purdy was a checked out merchant in this game. And he won it because 80% of his yards came from yak. That's what those guys are rooting for. And honestly, me personally, I don't give a shit how he wins. Just win. <laughs> right, exactly. This is the NFC Championship game. Just win, baby, to quote Al Davis. And and like I said, they can still score a ton of points doing that. Go look at the Eagles game. They put up 42 in that game. For the most part, Brock threw a lot of short passes that turned into big gains in that game. Like So, again, the outcome that you want, Brock, you can achieve. You don't have to force it down the field with this team. I just – I was thinking back to some of the other stuff Brock has said about how before the Ravens game, another very big game, you know, he, he was sort of, I don't want to say overwhelmed, but he was very aware of the fact that it was Lamar versus Brock for MVP. Mm-hmm. And then the Niners came out and had some success early and he kind of got caught up in that and tried to force a ball down the field that also ended up getting intercepted. It, he's not the unflappable person that we think he like, he's a human being. He's a human, normal 24 year old kid. And I think that we have to account for that. And, you know, we can't expect him to just be like this superhuman touchdown machine because he's not. He, he is showing his inexperience, I think, a little bit. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Th- there are things that he's going to have to kind of play the fool me once, you know, shame on you, fool me twice. And he's in the fool me once. Right now, defenses are clearly saying this is what you did all regular season. Now that we're in the playoffs, defenses have focused on it and they're making adjustments to try to take it away. And so now they're trying to fool Brock. And the the key to everything is going to be Brock recognizing that and not trying to force it and play into their hand. Bossra95, YouTube channel member. Shout out to all our YouTube channel members, by the way. If you want to become one, it's less than $3 a month. You get priority, comment response, custom emojis, membership badges, If you want to go up to the second level, the good is gold level, you'll get early access to our 49ers and five, our five minute daily update that we do every weekday. Please, please support the channel. We are so grateful. We are smashing our view records, Levin, for YouTube. It is unbelievable this week how much support we've gotten from everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Bossman 95 says Purdy is at his best when we need it. That makes him a difference maker. That's going to be a huge test this week is he at his best and is this 49ers team as a whole 11 at their best 
Because I don't know if you watched me on Wednesday with Grant, but my big takeaway from that show was it's been a really long time since this 49ers team was at their best. We have not seen the best version of this team, I think, since the Eagles game. And it is about time Kyle Shanahan got them to show up. Because if they do, they're going to the Super Bowl, period. It's not a coincidence. That's kind of when the pass rush disappeared. That's when they stopped getting sacks. It's been, you know, six, seven weeks since they had a bunch of sacks in a game. Three, three plus sacks. They're due. Now, luckily for the 49ers, they don't necessarily need sacks in this game because golf is terrible when he's pressured. And the 49ers, even though they haven't been getting sacks, they've still been a really good team at getting pressures. And that's one of the reasons why I like the 49ers in this game. There's a lot of things that when you look deeper into the surface from the surface of it, golf has a tall task coming. Not only is he playing the 49ers, but it's the fact that he's much worse when he plays outdoors and he's much worse when pressured. And those have been two stats that a lot of people have been putting out on, on Twitter and things like that this week. And for good reason, he's playing outside this week for sure. And he's likely to be pressured a lot. I saw a tweet from John Daigle who said Jared Goff splits from a clean pocket this year. He's got basically at 76% completions, 8.3 yards per attempt, second in EPA per play and 25th in touchdowns. But under pressure, his completion percentage drops all the way down to 51%, 6.3 yards per attempt, and 18th in EPA per play. So hopefully the 49ers can get some pressure on Jared Goff and the, and the bad Jared Goff shows up. But I want to see the best version of this team. We have not seen it for a very long time. Like, what are you saving it for? You know, like <laughs> that's the thing that, that frustrated me. And that's why I was so happy to hear Fred Warner yesterday at the podium, who to me summed it up perfectly. Here's Fred yesterday. The time for, hey guys, let's get better. You know, let's get better this week. Let's 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 get better. Like like that's kind of over with. Like you got to perform at your best now. When when your best is needed, it's it's time to really put it out there and and, and lead from the front. Like if if we want to win this game, I'm putting it all in defense's hands. I'm saying that we all we need to do is score three on offense, and we're we're gonna win it for us. You know, that's the mindset that we got to go into this week. <clears throat> we got to go into this week with. And, uh, you know, the time, like I said, the time for, uh, we'll, we'll get it right next week. That's over with. You know, we got to make sure we come out guns a blazing. We got to set the tone right away, and we got to make sure we're coming out playing our best football. Yes. No more. We'll clean it up next week. None of that. Now or never, man. Bring your best. Yeah, hopefully the rust is gone from last week. I think that was a big factor last week. And this team has been here multiple times. We've talked about it. You know, this is the fourth time in five years. You saw Nick Bosa kind of address that, that, hey, this is my third one, and I have been talking to the guys who haven't been to one yet. Yep. And one of those guys, I know we just talked about him a lot. Brock Purdy technically played in, in last year's game, but not really. So this is going to be his first time feeling all that pressure because he only got it for five games. So let's see how he reacts. Obviously, Jared Goff has been here before. He made a Super Bowl with the Rams, the time that they lost. He, he does have a little bit of experience there, but obviously a lot of the Lions players do not have this experience because they haven't been here in so long. And I think last week with the Packers, it got real for them. Like in the fourth quarter, they were like, oh my God, like we might actually do this. We might be going to the NFC Championship game. I, I can't screw this thing up. And I think that that affected Jordan Love. And I think it did affect the Packers. And to Brock's credit, he pulled it together at the end of the game. And I wonder if the Lions might go through a little bit of the same thing. Like the Niners have been preparing and talking about the Super Bowl all year. A lot of these guys have played in a Super Bowl already. The Lions hadn't won a playoff game in like a thousand years before this year. If they have a lead late, do they start to think the same thing? Like, hey, oh my God, are we are we really going to knock off the number one seed on the road and go to the Super Bowl? The Lions, we're not supposed to be here. Like, that is a real kind of thing. Imposter syndrome is a real thing. And I almost wonder if that might pop up with Detroit. We just saw a team recently kind of go through that a little bit lesser of an extent. They did have a couple recent playoff seasons, but the Cincinnati Bengals a couple of years ago with Joe Burrow, when they made the Super Bowl, like that, is, that was a thing for that franchise. They'd been so bad for so long. Can they really do it? And they did get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, like we said, golf has some experience at this level. I think it's a little bit different, but this is most of these players' first time in the playoffs. 
for the for the Lions. Whereas since he had some people that were left over from the previous playoff runs under Andy Dalton. And Burrow too. Burrow's different than golf. Like Burrow oh, is for sure. you put the team on my back. Like he said it, the championship window is my whole career. Like I think Burrow is the kind of guy that gives everybody else that confidence. Like, yeah. Hey, get on my back. I'll carry us there kicking and screaming. Like I will get this done. Yeah. That's not golf. Golf. I think most oh, people look at is don't, don't screw it up for us. Or at least he's not the same. He might not be scared, but he doesn't have that to me. And I could be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't follow the lines that closely, but he doesn't strike me as that. Like, I got this, like, come follow me. Like everyone's dying to run through a wall for Jared Goff. Maybe I'm wrong. I fully admit I could be. It doesn't strike me that he's that guy. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. James Welsh. Thank you very much for the $20 super chat. Can you explain exactly what Nick Wright has said that is anti-Purdy? I may not agree with him, but generally his questions are fair. Niners fans have become so cultish and vigilante on this topic. They narrow in on and exaggerate. Okay. Well, I do agree with the last part. Uh, 49er fans are a little more fanatical than most fan bases, especially no. when it comes to social media. I think 49ers are very big uh, when it comes to social media. But Wright has basically said Purdy's just a game manager. You know, these aren't direct quotes. Some other people have said this and then Wright agreed with it. Mm-hmm. But called him a game manager, called him the worst quarterback left in the playoffs, uh, said that he's just a dink and dunker. Things like that. He pretty pretty much says all the little things that everybody's been mad about. Yeah. He either agrees with it when, when it's brought up or he said it himself. And that's that's his shtick right now is I'm going to go out there and say Purdy ain't it. And if they lose, I get to say I told you so. Yeah, I think his other big thing has been like, we've seen this with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just yeah. like maybe a slightly better version of Jimmy Garoppolo and not really doing anything above and beyond. Look, that's Nick Wright's thing. It's fine, whatever. Um, but again, especially at this point, like you're in the NFC championship game. Who cares, man? Just you don't got to prove nothing to nobody. You get the trophy. They call you the champions. It doesn't matter who plays, what happened. You know, nobody was going to take the trophy away from the Eagles because the 49ers ran out of quarterbacks in the NFC championship game if they had won. So I'm just pointing that out. Who Who is the backup in Detroit? I don't even know. I have no idea. Uh, I, I hadn't thought of that at all until you just brought up not having party. And I was like, well, golf does go to, down. Who the heck do they have coming in? That would be Teddy Bridgewater. Is that's right? Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, he said he said he had a quote three four weeks ago. I do remember him seeing him in uh, the press a few weeks ago. This I forgot because he's, he's yeah, retired. That's year. what he said. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, but not that we're rooting for Jared Goff to get injured. Because no, not. no, no. I just it occurred to me. Well, if Goff goes do, does go down, do they have any shot? You know, if it was still. Uh, yeah, you know, I hate to say it because he's a former boiler, but if they still had David Blunt, yeah, they got no chance. <laughs> or Blount, sorry, not Blunt. Who David cares? Blount. Nobody cares. With Bridgewater, uh, they might have a chance of finding magic if they just need a driver to. But let's hope that it, there's no excuses because I don't, I don't want the excuses from the press and everybody else saying, "Well, they only won because." Pan. I don't want to deal with that. I just give me the. Well, first- I, I, I won't care in the end. But I also don't want that to be the storyline. Right. This, to me, when I look at this game, it almost comes down to the same thing on both sides of the ball. Because I think what Detroit is going to do is attack deeper down the field outside the numbers. I think they're going to lean on the offensive line in the pass game to help them buy time for Goff 
and he's going to throw deeper down the field outside the numbers, away from Greenlaw, away from Fred Warner, and he's going to attack the corners, probably number 20, let's be honest. Do you think that he's going to be able to do that? If he gets time, yeah. A lot of it's going to depend on the pass rush. If the pass rush shows up and he's going to be pressured and or sacked, you know, consistently at the two and a half second mark, those deep passes aren't going to be there for them. He's not going to do it effectively. Now, the one thing that does scare me, I don't I don't know if you fall on, under this. I've been going back and forth on how I want the defense to kind of play coverage-wise. Do mm-hmm. I want somebody like Ward to shadow Amon St. Brown? Amon Ross St. Brown. Because um... I thought initially, yeah, I want him to shadow him. But then I, I had a second thought. I was like, you know, Ward is a lot better against the big physical receivers. That's where he that's where his strength lies. And their second wide receiver is a bigger, a little more physical wide receiver. Amon Ross St. Brown is very much a very shifty, smaller wide receiver. So I almost feel like I would rather have Ward cover whoever's second and give uh Lenore Amon Ross St. Brown with safety help at all times. Like that's what I would almost sacrifice the two deep that they like to play with the safeties to bring one of those safeties down to help double and take away Amon Ross St. Brown and then trust Ward to shut down the other and have the other safety there as whatever's needed. Yeah, I think in general, I would say the Lions' overall receiving core is not as deep and strong as the Packers' receiving core. It's Amon Ross St. Brown and then, you know, guys that are, are not terrible, but certainly not like rising up and coming stars in the league. So how the Niners decide to play that is going to be interesting. Um yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. I don't think I would have Ward Shadow Brown unless all of a sudden he's just murdering you. But even that, I don't know. I don't think I would. Diamador I don't Lenore. think Brown's a, or St. Brown's a good matchup for Ward, honestly. I don't think I think what Ward struggles with is the super uh quick shifty type wide receivers. Amon Ross St. Brown is really, really good. Um, but Diamador Lenore has been awesome in this playoffs. Like he's been incredible in the playoffs. So it yeah. It's a good question to ask. Uh, Ghost Lauren 22 says, need a pick six from 54. Uh, yes, but like, don't make it a priority, guys. Like, just go down. <laughs> go down <laughs> when necessary. Please. It depends on the situation of the game. Right. But the uh, Fred Warner-Sam Laporta matchup might be the key matchup of the whole game. If Sam Laporta is able to beat Fred Warner one-on-one, they're going to struggle because that will be the safety outlet for golf. If Laporta is consistently finding daylight against Warner, that's going to be a problem for the 49ers. I really, I could be overly biased, but I remember the Talanoa Hufanga pick six on the screen pass against the Rams when golf was there. I really hope that Kyle goes back to Jair Brown because Jair Brown strikes me as a the similar type of player as Hufanga. Yeah. Like Logan Ryan is not making that play. And what I could see happening is I could see the 49ers getting pressure on Goff and then the Lions saying, okay, we need to get the ball out of his hands quick. We need to, you know, build up his confidence a little bit. Let's go to some shorter plays. Let's go to some screen passes. And I could see a guy like a Jair Brown jump in one of those and, you know, potentially swing in the entire game. I don't know that Logan Ryan is going to be Logan Ryan strikes me more as like, Hey, I'll do my assignment. I'll, I'll do my job and handle my responsibilities. I want to see Tig in the game, man. I, I don't know why Logan Ryan plays over him. Honestly, right now, Logan Ryan, he, he's, he doesn't make critical mistakes, but he's very, very limited. He's he not very good against the run. He has limited range for a safety and he's not somebody that's, going to be coming down and making big plays to make up for any any of his lack of ability in other areas whereas jair brown's pretty much the inverse of that very athletic bigger guy that hits hits almost like a linebacker so he's good against the run he can make the spectacular play but he's also going to blow coverage which we haven't seen that cost the 49ers but we saw that a couple times in the regular season after he took over of Oh, Jair Brown blew this coverage. He wasn't there. He bit on something and got beat. And then it didn't end up costing the 49ers a victory. So it didn't get the attention it deserved. But I would rather take the mistake prone for the big plays right now. I I think the big plays are much more important in the playoffs. 
Brandon Miller says his tackling is terrible. He has missed some tackles, but like if he misses a tackle and he also gets an interception, like I win that trade. You know I, what I, I mean? I think he's probably talking about Ryan in that. Oh, uh, well, okay. My bad. If I, if I misunderstood your comment, Brandon, I apologize. I mean, Logan Ryan totally whiffs on the Aaron Jones 54 yard run. Right. That's part of the reason Jones is able to make that a big play is because Logan Ryan just takes a bad angle. And they, I don't even know if he actually made contact with Aaron Jones. I think in watching that play over and over again on repeat, when somebody posted it on Twitter, it just seemed like the the angle that Logan Ryan had, the offensive lineman was blocking his vision of where Aaron Jones was. And he mistakenly thought Aaron Jones was breaking outside and realized too late, oh, wait, he cut back. Like it, it felt if you if you look at it and you pay attention to where the offensive lineman is in relation to to where Logan Ryan needs to be to see where Aaron Jones is. I feel like Logan Ryan's vision was blocked there, but that that's still on him. Like you got to be able to see where the running back is. I don't want to see Logan Ryan on the field. Uh, like he was on a Disney cruise when they signed him for a reason. <laughs> like the NFL doesn't let good safeties just go on Disney cruises at crunch time and season. Like he was on that cruise. Cause that's probably where he should be at this point. You drafted Jair Brown in the third round for a reason. He, he had ups and downs, yes, but so will Logan Ryan. And I feel like sometimes right. Kyle acts like, oh, veteran guys, they won't. Like, Kyle is okay with a veteran guy who's past his prime not being able to physically make a play in a game. Right. He's not okay with a rookie making a rookie mistake in a game. And I don't see, like, what's the difference? They're both mistakes. Yeah, I, I think Kyle overlooks the aspect of the guy's athletic ability didn't allow him to get there in time versus the guy has the athletic ability, but he misread it. I think he absolutely hates mental mistakes, and that's offense, defense. It doesn't matter what it is. He yeah. can't stand mental mistakes. But as you said, those mistakes are the same. Whether whether you have a mental mistake or you're physically unable to perform, and that allows a big play, either one of those gets the same result. So uh, he, he did kind of leave the door open to Jair Brown playing more this week. He did say that the door is open and especially because Brown is coming back from an injury and now he's had a little more time to recover from that. So hopefully that's a good sign because I'd like to see it, uh, but we'll find out. And then on the flip side, Levin, I think the 49ers also need to attack deep down the field outside the numbers because the Lions corners are not very good. And when Brock is feeling good, he will throw it deeper down the field outside the numbers. We, we saw that throw to Conley at the end of the Packers game. That was a beautiful throw. We see him throw back shoulders to Debo down the field deep. When Brock's feeling it, he's willing to target there. And I think there are opportunities against the Lions if Brock wants to take them. I certainly want to see them test those DBs. Now, I'm not going to say I want to see him throw deep. I want to see him throw short or anything like that. I want him to take what the defense gives him. I don't know what Detroit's game plan is going to be in this game. I would suspect they will take away the deep pass because that seems to be the best option at this point against Brock Purdy and this offense. But I, I don't know for sure. So I just want him to adjust and play the game honestly and don't try to force anything. Same with Kyle, by the way. I don't feel like he adjusted the game plan and the scheme fast enough in due to the rain. I, like I said, in the post game, I feel like Kyle all week long devised a game plan. And then when it ended up being a super sloppy field raining constantly, he said, well, no, we can still execute just on the players to execute in the rain. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then in the second half, and especially that fourth quarter, he kind of went, okay, I need to call what's going to work with the conditions that we have. It's not like the rain caught him by surprise. It's all we talked about all week long. Like no, That's the arrogance of Kyle. And I do think like, I think that Brock also getting late to the checkdowns made Kyle's game plan look worse. Also like the, the two things kind of, it's like a circular thing. Mm -hmm. Brock's not getting to the checkdowns. The game plan looks bad. He didn't adjust the game plan. So Brock looks bad. Like it's all connected is what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I agree. Like if Brock, if Brock had been hitting those checkdowns early in the game, they would have kept moving the chains. And I mean, the Niners, the Niners were right in this game. What did they lead seven to six at halftime? Yep. They're, they're probably leading 14, six, 17, six. And it's a whole different story going into the second half. Completely. Uh, Alberto Soto makes a good point. I agree. He says Mike Evans was open every play against the Detroit DBs. I went back and watched that game before we went on. And 
that's absolutely true. When the Bucks hurt the Lions, they were going deep down the field outside yeah. the numbers to Mike Evans. Now, Mike Evans is really freaking good. Let's point that out. But also, like, I think there are opportunities there. I heard Chris Sims saying that the Lions corners like to gamble a little bit, which obviously can be good and bad depending on, on the result of the play. But you would think that they might be able to take advantage of that, maybe with an IU double move type of thing or on the play action pass, something like that. Um, but I hope that they do. I hope that we that Brock is able to wipe the slate clean and just get back to playing like we have seen him play. Because if he does, the Niners will win. Yeah, so the Bucks could have won that game if that was their game plan in the beginning. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he only Mike Evans had something like 40 yards at halftime, and then he ended up with 100-plus in the second half. They figured it out at halftime that, oh, they can't cover on the outside in, in the intermediate to deep, and they adjusted, and that's why they almost came back in that game. So if they had that game plan from the start, I feel like we the Niners would probably be playing the Bucks right now. Like there, there is a formula. The, the the Detroit defense is not good enough. No. Every single week, there is a formula, maybe even two options that you will be able to put up 30, 40 points against them. The defense is not good enough. You just have to make sure you find one of them and be willing to adjust to get into it. Sign me two nine on Twitch says Kyle trusts his game plan. Dan Campbell trusts his players. It's interesting. I also think Dan Campbell relies a lot on uh, Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, who apparently is going to be joining Adam Peters in Washington, if you believe some of the reports out there. Um, but we'll see about that. Yeah, I, I think that the Niners need to be able to throw the ball. They need to be able to throw it deep and outside the numbers. I really do think that. And they have the guys to do it. They have the guys to do it 100%. Can I say come out running, though? Like I want to see them run to set up the pass for once. They've gotten away from that too much. The, the Detroit defense can't stop the run. They're not a good run defense. Well, they are a good run defense. Not lately. Both running backs in the playoffs have found success against them, and they were giving up some yards on the ground late in the season. You can run on them. I want to see the run be committed early because that's also going to make Detroit adjust and start stacking eight guys in the box like we saw much of the season against the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey faced eight-man boxes more than any other running back. But towards the end of the season, you started to see a decline in the frequency because the, the 49ers were becoming more and more pass-happy. They were getting away from the run a little bit more. They were trying to pass to set up the run rather than the other way around. I want to see the run committed to early so that the defense has to cheat down to try to stop it. Kyle told the Fox broadcast crew last week that he didn't want to let the Packers dictate to him. Like what he said was if they come out with a five man front, I don't want to just say, Oh, now we have to pass because they have five down linemen. He didn't want the defense to be able to dictate to him what he calls on offense. And I was like, Oh, great. That's, that's very encouraging. Cause I agree with you. Like don't just stop trying to run because the Packers have five down linemen. But I felt like in the game, he kind of did that until the end. If you notice that last touchdown run by McCaffrey, Green Bay had everybody at the line. They knew it was a run. They were playing run. They were begging the 49ers to pass. And I love that the 49ers did not pass. They ran the ball and McCaffrey was basically untouched running into the end zone. I hope he does that this week too. Don't let them dictate to you. There is value in running the ball and running it early. I, I think there's a psychological aspect to this. It's specific to the 49ers offense. They are a physical team. When they come out running, they get to be physical right off the bat. And it, even if they don't find success, they're inflicting their will and they'll wear down that defense. If they come out passing and it works, all right, they're still there. They're still inflicting their will. They're, they're still mentally in that we're going to bully you mode. But if they come out and pass and it doesn't work, I feel like the team starts to get away from that mindset and they lose something because it's not working and they're not getting to go out there and hit people and try to get them on the ground. They're pass blocking and the receivers are out running routes rather than getting to try to get pancakes and things like that. So I, I feel like there is a pretty big psychological factor there that, that Kyle is kind of underestimating in recent weeks when he's gotten away from it. Yes. If you pass and you find success, the team's still going to be sky high confidence and no, they can't stop us. But it's when you have the first drive or two not work because you had a couple of incompletions, they lose that edge. 
There should never be a four down span in this game where Christian McCaffrey doesn't touch the ball ever. At least once every four plays, Christian McCaffrey has to touch the ball, whether it's a pass or a run have to just, you absolutely have to. And I kind of agree with you. Like think about your pass blocking, right? Your attack on your pass blocking, you snap the ball. What do you do? You go backwards, right? You're going backwards. You're moving away. You're responding to the defense. When you run the ball, you're firing off the ball. You're going forward. You are pushing people against their will out of the way. I do think there's a psychological component there. I think you're right. Can we get a return of the polling Trent Williams? <laughs> I want to see that play again. We haven't seen it. Yeah. I feel like he he probably has kept a lot of that in the bag. Now, I would have expected him to kind of pull it out last <laughs> week. What are you doing? But at the same time, they kind of went away from the run in that game. So maybe he didn't have those prepped and ready to go. But yeah, I, I want to see some using Trent Williams freakish ability like we did a couple of years ago in the playoffs. RS says we need to set the tone early. Running right from the get-go is the best way to do that. Run, run left. <laughs> Come on, man. Really? Yeah. Uh, M. Patel says, Detroit's number two against the run, but in the playoffs, they're giving up five-plus yards per carry. I did go back and look. Uh, they gave up six yards per carry to the Bucks last week. Uh, 6.1 to Rashad White, which is obviously a lot. I was not impressed with the Lions tackling. I didn't, they didn't strike me as a very good tackling team. That's something that, you know, you just keep that in your mind because the 49ers are great after the catch. Another reason for, for Brock, especially throw it short, man. They ain't ta- the first guy's not bringing us down. So let's go like, Oh God, I can't. <sighs> Every time I think about this game, like the emotions and the swing, like it's right there for them. Levin. It is right there for them. It is not like, Like, if you're the Lions, you're like, hey, we could win this game, but it's going to take, like, our best ball to win this game. For the 49ers, it's not. Like, they could win this game and not even play their best. The wanting to run first is also part of the psychological. That defense, yeah, you talked about they're not great at running. But if Agent Hutchinson gets going, gets a sack early, he's that guy that gets the rest of the team fired up, right? So if you run, you're taking him away from being able to get that defense you know, amped up right off the bat. That That's one of the reasons. That's the part of their defense that scares me. That's the only thing in their defense that scares me is Hutchinson getting moved around, getting the lineup against McKivitz, getting them away from Trent Williams and things like that. He's going to eat the 49ers lunch if they're able to do that. And I want to take away that ability because that's the only thing scary about their defense is that. He's not going to be, he's not going to be moving around. He's going to be right in front of 68 all game. Yeah. Poor Colton McKivitz, man. Like every, like every game, he's got, he's just got the bullseye on his back. Like the night before, he's got to go to bed knowing he's going to see 97 across the line of scrimmage pretty much every play. And it's like the best you can hope for is to die a slow death. And I feel bad for him. He's, I'm not mad at Colton McKivitz. He's doing the best he can do. It's just, this is the best he can do. Yeah. It, it's the probably number one upgrade needed in the off season yep. is they got to find another right tackle. And I think that they will look there. Hopefully that, that discussion doesn't need to be talked about anymore for another like month. Yes. Let's not <laughs> as cool as it is to be able to look at mock drafts again. Yeah. We don't need to uh, necessarily dive into that. What else from this game is something that you want to focus on? Well, I do. I do want to, say that it's yeah obviously getting up early is the ideal situation but i i think this detroit team is uniquely flawed in that if they get down they're screwed because that run game is great and if you get down you're going to be able to really come after golf and golf is a jimmy garoppolo he's a little bit better than jimmy garoppolo but he's a jimmy garoppolo he gets happy feet he panics somewhat he doesn't like to take sacks so he tries to do some stupid throws forces things if you take away that run game from him because you're up in the game i really think they're going to crumble and it turns into a blowout detroit has to have this game be close at halftime 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. First of all, Ian Rodriguez says, I would 100% endure another two weeks of Levin as long as we get to the Super Bowl. Aaron, you're my new favorite commenter. Um, also, I don't think that Detroit is going to get away from the run. Like, I think they are committed to it. I think that they are going to run it consistently because they know that's one of the best things they do. And honestly, like 49ers are vulnerable to the run, especially to the outside around the edge. Chase Young has not been doing his part in the run game, not to put it all on him, of course, but he certainly hasn't been the impact player that we hoped. That does worry me. The Lions rushing attack and also Gibbs is really freaking hard to tackle. Yeah, he, he's really good. The, there, there is one thing that I could see rearing its head, and that's a screen pass to Gibbs. Yeah. If the 49ers come out and they say we're going to get to Goff because they see all these things, they get they get analytics much more in depth than we do. They know Goff struggles when he's pressured, so they might come out with the game plan of we're going to make sure he gets pressure. You know, Goff is not a runner, so you don't have to worry about contain like they have been. So they might be back to the you know wide nine. We're going after it. And if they are, I look to see, I look for the Lions to adjust by saying, all right, we're going to screen to Gibbs and try to get him in space. Because if Gibbs can get in, get some space and get 10 yards down the field off a screen, he's probably scoring because you're not going to make a tackle on him one on one in the open field. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible player. They got a lot of crap for drafting him where they did, but man, certainly looks like a good pick now. <sighs> oh, the other thing I wanted to mention. The Lions offensive line is not at full strength. Frank Ragnow, their center, has a sprained knee and ankle on the same leg, I believe, which is terrible for him, but he's going to play. But also their left guard is going to be out. And the replacement, whose name escapes me at the moment, is not good. He gave up six pressures since coming in in that Buccaneers game. Like, he is an absolute vulnerability. To me, I put Eric Armstead, boom, right over him. And I say, earn that paycheck. Let's go. Put Eric Armstead over there. Every once in a while, you could put Javon Hargrave over there, another guy that I feel like needs to earn his paycheck a little bit more. And there you go. You get pressure on Goff up the middle, yeah. you are going to destroy this offense because pressure up the middle for a quarterback that doesn't scramble is the absolute most disruptive thing you can do. Yeah, I, I, I feel like Armstead and Hargrave should have big games for all the reasons you just listed. But if for some reason Detroit is finding success, and that pass rush is not getting there through the middle. I would hope what Wilkes will do, and we saw it a little bit last week, is start blitzing up the middle mm-hmm. to try to make that middle get pushed so that the pocket doesn't get created and Love couldn't just stand in that pocket and make a clean throw. That's what it'll look to do to Goff if it, they're not getting it done with the two guys. And Patel says, Hargrave game. Brandon, no, I won't be in a full Woody costume if we win it all. No, that is not. What? No. You not- won't do it if we if the Niners win a full Super Bowl. No, I won't do it. I Why will not? not do it. Why? Because you think when, if the 49ers I'll win. I'll be a wet blanket. That's my job. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl, instead of celebrating, you think I'm going to go, oh, wait, let me put on my Halloween costume and go do the instant. No, I'm going to be running around my house screaming like a crazy person. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Do you have a Woody Halloween costume? Did you go as Woody before? Uh, no. No. Well, I'll. I'll buy one if you wear it. <laughs> I believe that's company expense, isn't it? Well, it, it could be, but if you're not willing to, uh, I will buy it if you're not. How about, fine, you don't have to do it at the instant reaction, because I agree, like, 
the Niners win the Super Bowl, the last thing you want to do is, all right, let me go change my clothes. <laughs> I'll know? need to because I'll be pouring champagne all over myself. Yeah, uh, and and then probably emotion taking over, and nobody wants to see Woody crying. Right. That's just a downer. But how him. about for, like, the draft show? Eh, we'll see. Quinn says it's a rare Rob L moment. Uh, Heinemann on Twitch says the Woody costume and tamales. Yeah, by the way. That tamale thing is really coming back to haunt me. People are sending me videos of like tamale vendors and stuff. It's out of control. Where, where's your tamale? I posted on Twitter because I bought some the other day at Trader Joe's, which are good. Not not great, but they're good. And I said, uh, you better have one on the show or I quit. So <laughs> I didn't, I literally honestly didn't see that. But if I had, I definitely wouldn't have brought one. <laughs> Make you put your money where your mouth is on this one. I you did. Said you have a Trader Joe's. I heard you with Michelle when she brought yeah. it up. There's a Trader Joe's in Connecticut. Yeah. So go get some tamales from them. I don't want one. I don't really enjoy right. Mexican food that much. Such a wet blanket. Ugh. Sorry. I like what I like. Um, You're not sorry. Don't give stupid, non real apologies. I hate that. That's true. Go, oh, sorry. When it's really them saying, I don't agree with you. It's off. I should have said, sorry, not sorry. Is that yeah. better? That works. Uh, I was a guest on the First Bite podcast yesterday with Jeremy Reisman, who covers the Lions for Pride of Detroit, the SB Nation Lions community. The video is up on our YouTube channel now. And I felt like last year there were, or last week, there were a ton of Packers fans who were not only like, we could win the game, but they were like, we're going to win the game. We're going to show you what's up. I don't get that same vibe from Lions fans. The, the vibe I got from them and from the Lions fans that I've seen commenting on our videos on YouTube and stuff is, hey, we could win this game. But I don't get that same level of confidence from them, which is kind of surprising because you think if you'd get it from anybody, you would get it from them. What's your level of confidence in the Lions to win this game? I think they need a specific recipe. I, I think the 49ers need mistakes out of the offense, whether it's stupid penalties or turnovers. I think if the Niners are just able to run their offense, whether it's running or passing, they'll find enough success to score 30-plus points. I think they need some luck. Uh, I'm talking about Lions offensively Mm -hmm. because that pass rush, the 49ers pass rush, should be able to beat that Lions offensive line well enough that Goff is pressured. So I, I think they need a decent bit of luck. But in terms of the difference between how the two teams feel, that's the difference of prior success. Lions fans are content. You know, they want the Super Bowl, but even if they lose this game and get blown out, they're this was the best season in 50 years, 40 years. Yeah, maybe you know, more. <laughs> whereas the Packers were they're, you know, they're like the 49ers. You get into the playoffs and then it's win the Super Bowl or you didn't do enough. Right. And when the Packers won it with Rodgers, they were a sixth seed, I believe, that year. So, you know, right. it's not out of the realm of possibility for them. I was actually wondering that last week with the Lions. You know, it was like, was their whole season just about getting to the playoffs and winning a playoff game? And were they going to come out and kind of be flat against the Bucks? And to their credit, they they played well and won the game. Um, but that's another question, too. Like, hey, is if the Niners get up early, are there some players on Detroit that start to think like, hey, you know what, man? It's the number one seed. They're really good. It's their time. We're coming. We had a great year. That's a real thing to we'll see them next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that is true. The psychological, there's a, there's a lot for the lions that could go wrong psychologically in this game. Like you said, if they get down, they're going to be like, Hey, we had the best year since 1991. Well, actually the best year since 1957. Right. The first playoff win since 1991. But they've done they've now done better than the 1991 team. So there's going to be a certain level of lack of hunger, so to speak, that the Niners, if the Niners get down, they're just going to get pissed. So it won't be over. It doesn't mean they can come back. It's not impossible for the 49ers to lose this game. But I think there's a difference there. If the Niners get down, you got pretty much everybody on that team has been to an NFC championship game. Yep. They're going to say, we're not freaking doing this again. We're going to come and turn this around. Whereas I think you're right. The Lions would be a little bit more like, hey, we can kind of still win this game. But in the back of their minds, they know we've outperformed what we thought. There could be a little bit of an imposter syndrome there. Salvador Osoria says, how is Debo? Is he going to play? Um, 
He didn't participate in practice yesterday, but the reporter said that he was there. He was jogging around. He didn't look to be in any discomfort. I think he plays Levin. I don't think he, I don't think he could be a hundred percent deep yeah. just because of the way he plays. He's yeah. so physical. Like the first time he catches the ball, he's going to smash into somebody and his shoulder is going to be screaming. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, how much does your confidence level change? If I told you Debo plays the whole game or Debo doesn't play at all, how much does that change things for you? Some, but not a ton, honestly. To me, even if Debo plays, he's not going to be more than a decoy. He'll get a couple you know, looks just to make the defense stay honest, but it'll be more about, okay, Debo, Debo is going to show here for a screen, but yeah. we're really looking to get downfield and it's not a real screen pass, right? It's going to be about the decoy. And we saw that. I'm trying to remember what playoffs it was it, uh, where Debo was banged up. He came in. He only played something like 20 snaps, and he had like two total touches in the game. He It wasn't real. You know, he was just there for the defense to have to account for the possibility of him getting the ball in space. Right. The gravity of Debo, especially the combination of the gravity that Debo has and the gravity that Christian McCaffrey has. When you have those two guys both doing so much to influence a defense and they're both moving around before the snap ahead of time. That's what really screws with def defense's heads. So I think he will play. I don't know how much he'll actually do, um, but I agree. I think he'll play. Uh, it's a shame because I really think that they were going to use him on the ground last week. I think that they really wanted to feature him as a runner. And obviously we know it didn't end up coming to fruition. And the nice thing is like, if they can get through this week, then he's going to have two weeks to rest, you know, like, yeah. ah, I, I'm not trying to, I can't look ahead. I shouldn't look ahead after this week because we know how things can go, but it's all potentially there. And that's something that I- That ship sailed, Rob. You looked ahead when you booked a hotel. Well, you made me do it. <laughs> it's like, I just keep thinking like, if they can't do it this year, when are they going to do it? I mean, they got the number one seed. They were healthy going into the playoffs. They didn't have to play the Cowboys. They didn't have to play the Eagles. They didn't have to play the Rams. They- played terribly against the Packers and still won the game. Like a lot of the stuff that you need to go right to win a Super Bowl that's out of your control has gone right for the 49ers this year. So I can't help but think if they can't do it now, they'll never be able to do it. I think if they don't do it this year, it won't be the same team that does it whenever it happens in the future. Because I, I, I feel like they're going to – there's two avenues right now. If they win the Super Bowl, they're going to say, we're going to try to run it back with as many people as we can because we have a championship team. If they lose again, whether now or in the Super Bowl, I feel like their reaction is going to be, we're not there. We've come close. We think we should have won a Super Bowl, but clearly we're not good enough. We've been turned back too many times to be illogical and keep thinking that the same – same team can go and suddenly get over the hump. And so there'll be some key players that are that they move on from, I think. Whereas, like I said, if they win the Super Bowl, I think they try to renegotiate everybody they can and try to keep all the stars together. But if they lose, it's going to be guys, maybe Armstead goes, maybe Kittle goes. There'll be some stars that are not brought back. And, and of course, even if they win this game, that's no guarantee they win the Super Bowl because uh, as – as people are saying in the chat, like the AFC, you still got to beat either the Ravens or the chiefs. And that's really freaking hard. Like that is, I'm almost excited in a way because the AFC championship game is first. And so like, well, yeah. one, we'll know which team advances to the super bowl, but also like, that's going to be an amazing game to watch. That will help me pass some of the time before the 49ers play. And it's also, we don't have to be sitting on air while the AFC championship game is going on. That's that, true. I did not enjoy that. I don't remember what game it was. Uh, was it a couple of weeks ago? I think it was the, the last game of the regular season where we had to be on air and there was games being played. Or so, so, There was one game recently where that happened. It was like games are being played that matter and we're on there. And I got to be talking with you. You could say it. <laughs> it wasn't so much about you as it was just the fact that there's a game on. I want to watch. It's always about me. By the way, I should have... Shame on me. I should have read this uh, review. We got a uh, podcast review, which, by the way, please rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast. Jay West 9 says, Cerebral, five stars. Rob is the Brock Purdy we didn't know we needed. Levin speaks truth and conspiracy at the same time. Michelle is the real-life give-me-my-money meme. 
Bully Ball puts everyone on blast. Grant is captain question with no answers. And Vish has excellent breakdowns and monologues. So there you go. That's J West nine. Thank you for the five-star review. I'm trying to make sense of the Michelle one. What does he mean by give me my money? Well, she helps everybody with the betting. Ah, ah, okay. Okay. I was thinking like some kind of like aspect of like what she says rather than just the fact that you guys do the betting. By the way, if anybody is everybody listening, can you just please give us a five-star review on Apple pods? We're trying to, we're on the charts, but we are not the highest rated 49ers podcast. If you want to support the show, please give us a five-star rating and review. It helps new people discover us. And now is the time of year where people are, are really obviously looking for 49ers content. So if you mm-hmm. want our show to grow, please give us a five-star rating and review on Apple pods. That is incredible. That is so massive for us. It would be a big, big help. And, uh, you know, this is the time we got to strike while the iron's hot, as they say. And if you're new here and you got this video because it was suggested by YouTube, like we have those analytics. Most of our views come from people that got the video suggested to them. So if you're not subscribed, just hit the subscribe button. It's quick. It's easy. Doesn't mean you have to watch every single video we put out. Love it if you did. But let's get the subscribers up, too. We were trying to get to 10,000 subscribers, which would be an incredible thing to do in a, in a year of existence. We hit 9,000 today, which is awesome. There's more than 300 people watching right now, 320 to be exact. Um, so please, if you can do that to support the channel, it's massive for us. And I promise you, we will keep earning your time. We're live every single weekday. We do a five-minute 49ers and five update that comes out every morning with injury reports and press conference clips and best uh, little drops from uh, radio interviews. It's everything you need to be up to date on the 49ers. I promise you, we will not let you down if you subscribe. And we're not going anywhere, good, bad, or ugly this offseason. We are going to be here for you every single day covering this team and providing content. So it's the perfect time to hop on board if you haven't done so already, even though you have to put up with Levitt. I was going to say, now, when you pull those press conference clips, do you give uh, credit to Larry Kruger for asking the question? <laughs> that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I will say the guy responded, like I responded to him and you responded to him literally in the same minute. Uh, and he responded to mine saying, oh, yeah. saying like, okay, thank you for enlightening me. I didn't realize that's how it works because he was like, I, I you know, I, I said basically the same as you, this isn't how it works. And he said something like, well, how do you know? And I was like, well, I was a journalist in the room asking questions in press conferences. Larry, so, no, he's in the press conference. Yeah. Question. Well, the only reason why anybody saw it is because Larry retweeted it as if he thinks he does deserve and that's why I named him right now. Like if Larry right. hadn't responded to it, I would have, I would have never brought it up, but yeah. He For anyone that doesn't know, Larry is in the press conferences. He asked, and he asked some good questions in the press conferences and somebody and uh, KMBR, the Niners flagship station tweeted out the tweeted out Brock Purdy answering a question that Larry asked, but it was just Brock Purdy's answer. It wasn't any of the question. And somebody quote tweeted that and said, KMBR is being petty and they should have, mentioned that Larry Kruger asked the question and Larry retweeted that person, which just ticked me off. So I immediately quote tweeted it. And I was like, that is not a thing. You never have to credit people for asking questions in a press conference. You just don't, I don't have to credit. uh, There's no um, like copyright on the press conference stuff. That's why I can use the press conference video and audio in the shows like we did today, because it's free reign for everybody. That's the purpose of it. So the fact that he wanted credit for a question was just really weird. And and obviously he's been doing it for a long time. Like he knows knows. that. Yeah. Uh, And it's not just sports either. Like the white house correspondents, do they go, Oh, so-and-so from whatever asked question. No, they just show the clip of the president responding. Right. It's a press conference. That's, that's what it is. The whole point is to just get the, the person on record, whoever's at the podium. Uh, Jay McCallan says, Rob, will you enjoy watching Bosa beating golf? I will if it happens. Like Nick Bosa, you got to get at least one sack in this game. You have to. You have to. It's time. Yeah. It, you you want to talk about somebody needing to earn their money. Like Pressures aren't good enough. Sorry. They're, they're just not. I completely agree with you. M. Patel says, except after OTAs when 49ers and five takes a break. Yeah, I do take a, a one. Usually it's a, a little bit of a break between OTAs and training camp because there's that 40 days in there where nothing happens with the team. And my philosophy is one, I need a break because my God, I need a break. And two, 
I don't want to force it. If there's nothing going on, I don't want to waste your time and pretend like there is. So I usually do take a little bit of a break. But other than that, we're there for you every single day. I do have to have some sort of vacation at some point. Yeah, once a week on Thursdays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Spy versus Spy says Larry was just being playful. If he was, yeah. he didn't come across in that in that tweet. So if it was, he would have responded back when not just us, but others started going, what are you talking about? True. Nobody credits. But he didn't. He wanted his attention and his uh, getting to puff out his chest and say, see, I asked the questions. Because he does that. When he tweets out a response, he goes, I asked whoever. <laughs> yes, he does. That is a fact. That is a thing that does occur. Anyway, all right. Enough talking about other people. Enjoy the Niners game, everybody. Remember, if you're new to the channel, we are live uh, following every 49ers game with the Instant Reaction Show. Levin, I assume you're going to be there. I haven't asked you officially, but I assume you're going to be there after the NFC title game. Yeah, and I sacrificed some PTO. Wow. I'm due, I'm due to be on night shift, and I realized that, and I was like, I, I don't want to be out there during the game. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Well, so I got a Detroit Lions fan to cover my shift. You did? Yeah, he's he's not a huge football guy, but he does pay attention a little bit. But then being finally good, he's from Michigan. But he's an older guy, and he he doesn't actually care. Like if they lose, he'd be like, yeah, whatever. Batman twenty nine. Are y'all really bashing Larry? He's one of the better Forty ers content creators. Come on, guys. I'm not bashing Larry. I'm pointing out that Larry was incorrect, and Larry knows better. That's not bashing. That's a fact. Larry has been covering teams for a long time. I'm sure he knows how this works. And I, by the way, I said, Larry asked good questions. So I don't know how that's bashing somebody. I just thought that was a weird tweet. That's all. Don't try and start something. <laughs> People always stir in the drink. Let me tell you. Anyway, join us for the instant reaction show live here on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitch, GSN 49ers on those on Facebook and Twitch. You can find us. We appreciate all the support. Go Niners. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, Friday, I will have JT O'Sullivan, which I'm super excited about. His breakdowns, his quarterback breakdowns have been fantastic all year long. You can go check out any of the Brock Purdy ones. Uh, I don't know that JT and I are going to be live, but I will have him and I will post it uh, tomorrow. It will be on the YouTube channel and it will be a podcast for everybody. Sorry, I couldn't include you in that, Levin, but he can only do Friday. <laughs> Not that you asked, but. No, why would I ask? It wasn't my idea for you to reach out to him or anything, but. Oh, yeah. Like, I never would have thought <laughs> to reach out to J.T. O'Sullivan. You, you want to get into it? I don't know how to reach him. DM him. He's DM'd both of us talking and asking his questions before. That was a really weird thing. For some reason, I kept trying to find, like, a phone number or an email, and I completely forgot about DM. This is the me, the old idiot, right? Like, yeah. I completely forgot about DMs. And then I was like, oh, yeah, let me just DM him. And he responded, like, five minutes later. Yeah. But anyway, he's coming on the channel. You're welcome. That's what I'm waiting to hear. Gotta go. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday, everybody. We'll see you.